We're glad you're listening to Rama for Today. And Peter's wise mother was lying sick of fever. Notice that Jesus evidently recognized another agency back of the fever. For it said, he rebuked the fever. Doesn't it? Luke said that. He rebuked the fever. This implies by him rebuking the fever, this implies some personal and evil agent that must have caused it. He would not rebuke, you know, wouldn't be any point in rebuking just a mere natural condition. Rebuke the fever. Thank God the fever left. Welcome to Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. Today you'll hear more from Kenneth E. Hagan on his teaching, Miracles of Healing, Volume 1, next on Rama for Today Radio. Also, later in today's program, I'll tell you about this month's special radio offer. Right now, let's join Kenneth E. Hagan for today's message. Matthew, the 8th chapter, and we'll start reading with the 14th verse. And when Jesus was coming to Peter's house, now she called him Simon over in the other place, Simon Peter, you know. Peter's house, he saw his mother-in-law laid and sick of a fever, and he touched her hand, and the fever left, and she arose and ministered unto them. Now then, let's go further. Let's go over to the fourth chapter of Luke's gospel. The fourth chapter of Luke's gospel. I want you to follow me now, because it's very interesting. We'll find out some very interesting things in regard to these healings and this healing. All right, now, this is the fourth chapter of the gospel according to St. Luke. We'll start reading with the 38th verse. And he arose out of the synagogue and entered into Simon's house. And Simon's wife's mother was taken with a great fever. Now, you see the word great's added. The other just said fever, but said a great fever. I guess we would say a high fever. And they besought him for her. And he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her immediately. She arose and ministered unto them. Now, I guess it would be very interesting here to uh, read Luke's account because Luke was a doctor. So he adds the word, I'm sure is inspired by the Spirit of God, but he adds the word great there in connection with fever, great fever. I, like I said, I suppose we'd say high fever. And then maybe he, being a doctor, would watch a little bit more closely or see just what happened here, be more interested in what happened. Maybe than others would. I've seen things happen that I gave my account of it. And somebody else saw some things I didn't see. Both of them were right. Luke says, now the other two just simply said, one of them said he, he touched her hand. The other one said he took her by the hand and lifted her up. You see, Mark said he took her by the hand and lifted her up. Matthew said he touched her hand. Just touched her hand. Luke says here, that uh, he stood over her and rebuked the fever. And it left her. Well, you say, which one of them are correct? All of them. All of them are. He did all of those things. 
He stood over and rebuked the fever. He touched her hand. He took her by the hand, lifted up. He just said immediately she got up. He didn't say whether he lifted her up or not, but, but the others said they did. Well, now, this is very interesting. Let's, let's just think about this healing now. Jesus had just come out from the synagogue where amid the astonishment of the people, he had he'd cast out a demon, you know. You can read that in this first chapter of, of uh, Mark here. And he entered here into Peter's house. Now, this is in Capernaum. I was there in 1969 and stood right there on the ground, the very uh, ruins of the synagogue of Capernaum. Actually, you see, in digging there, they, uh, they found the stones, things had been cast down, but, you know, they fit together. They put some of them back together, not all of them, but just enough of it where you could see the outline of the building and part of it, you see. Then Peter's house, as you come out the front of the synagogue, is not far there to it. Just, oh, I don't know I, how to judge it. I wouldn't say it's maybe 50 yards or 75 yards. And uh, actually, they had only found this house. Uh, they were still excavating when we were there in 69. Because through the centuries, you see, uh, they'd been covered up with dirt and so on and so forth. So in digging there, they found this. They, they, they knew from the scripture it had to be close there, you see, because he entered into the house, came right out of the one, entered into the other. So they were still digging, so you couldn't get in because they had it uh, roped off, but uh, you could see some things. Now, how did you know it's Peter's house or his mother-in-law's house? Well, for the simple reason that, you see, they found some things there that whereby they knew it was Peter's house. Now, among other things, they found a baptistry where they baptized people. It's right on the sea there, Galilee. Why didn't they baptize them there? Well, you've got to realize that these Jews were under great uh, pressure. For you to come right out in the open and confess some things sometimes it almost meant your life, your livelihood. And so they had a baptistry in this house. But there's no doubt about it, but what that's the house that they went into. And Peter's wife's mother was lying sick of fever. Notice that Jesus evidently recognized another agency back of the fever. For it said, he rebuked the fever. Doesn't it? Luke said that. He rebuked the fever. This implies by him rebuking the fever, this implies some personal and evil agent that must have caused it. He would not rebuke, you know, wouldn't be important rebuking just a mere natural condition. Rebuke the fever. Thank God the fever left her. Notice he said he left. Something very interesting, you know, over there in the 19th chapter of Acts we've looked at again and again, 11th and 12th verses. And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul so that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. 
Well, you can see, and we'll look at some more of these cases a little later on, that the uh, evil spirits and demons and the devil stands back of sickness. And sometimes, now don't just go around, you know, trying to do everything just alike always. That's the reason you have to depend on the Spirit of God to show you. Sometimes they have to be rebuked before a person will be. And they've got to leave before there'll be a healing. I know in uh, praying with a pastor's wife who was bedfast with terminal cancer. That is, we were praying, the Spirit of God said, go stand at the head of the bed and say, come out. Thy spirit of doubt and fear. None believe. And I did, and she got up instantly. She's bedfast. She couldn't get up. She couldn't even get up and go to the bathroom. She's bedfast. She's so weak and so far gone, it almost has to be turned. Somebody has to turn her. She can't turn herself over. I've had seen many cases of cancer healing. That's the only one that saw healing that way. So I didn't go around rebuking the spirit of doubt and unbelief or fear and unbelief. Never cancer patient. Never have any more of them. Just because God leads you, the Spirit of God leads you to deal a certain way with one case doesn't mean that you deal that way with every case. Amen. Are you following me? Amen. See, we learn a lot by following the Scriptures, but we also learn by following the Holy Ghost. Not only in the areas of healing, but we need to realize in dealing with people to be filled with the Spirit or dealing with people for salvation, you don't always, there are certain principles, but you don't always deal with everybody just alike. Because different people have different hang-ups. And just because something worked with one doesn't mean that God wants you to do that with everybody. Are you following me? Now, you know, a time or two in dealing with people to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Oh, I can remember twice in all these years. I've had the Spirit of God to tell me to tell a person. See, and, and, and I, I don't like it. I don't like to do it. I don't like to. And I've never made a practice of it. Because, see, God was just telling me that for that one individual. And it worked just like magic for them. But then I don't go around trying to make that work for everybody. Different, different ways sometimes to get them to yield to the Spirit of God. I was preaching right here in the state of Oklahoma and there's a young lady that was, uh, well, every time, you know, we ministered, well, she was there for me to lay hands on her to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, I knew all the time from the first time I'd laid hands on her, what was the matter with her, but I didn't, uh, what was hindered, in other words, from receiving, but I, I didn't tell her because she probably wouldn't accept it or might even got upset about it and not come back to the services. So if you keep them coming, you know, well, you could get them maybe eventually in. And so one night, I was laying hands on people again. You know, this is about the third week, and she's been up never he ever line. I'd put people in the same line to be healed and be filled with the Spirit. And so this night, I sat in the chair on the platform. I laid hands on her, you know, and I knew the Spirit of God came on her, but she just wouldn't speak out in tongue. And I said to her, because the Spirit of God spoke to me, see, I said to her, now, sister, she's a young lady, just a young married lady somewhere in her early 20s. I said, uh, you walk down that aisle. See, there's three second seats in this church auditorium. The, the Lord told me to tell you. That's the reason I'm telling you. You walk down that aisle with your hands uplifted, praising God, and, and back up this aisle, around, around this center section. You go around three times, and the third time you go around, you'll be speaking in tongues. 
She did. Third time she went around, she's talking in tongues. Well, now you don't put up everybody walking around the center section, do you? Isn't that right? Now, now, why did that work for her? Well, there's something about it that why did Jesus tell the man after he had made clay of the spittle and rubbed it on his eyes, you know, spit, you know, and mud, dirt, and go wash it off in the pool of Siloam. Now she'll come again seeing. Why didn't he tell him that? You see, sometimes folks have to do something to get their faith to work it. Welcome to Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. Right now, let's join Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. Our offer. It's a great offer, oh, yeah. actually, honey. It's, it's my dad's little book on the present day ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. And a lot of people don't realize he still has a ministry, but it's in a different aspect. That's what this talks about. And then three and CDs the, by you. The three CDs of Discovering Jesus. Then... My CD, oh, your CD, yes, on defeating Satan's strategies through prayer. All of these, the three CDs by me, the one CD by her, and the present-day ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, the little book, all for a gift of $25 or, yes. or more. So go right now and order those things right now. Call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. Again, call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. Faith 99. You can also order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Rhema.org. Or if you prefer to write to Kenneth Hagen Ministries, our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. We always love to hear from our listeners, so write in or email us today and become a part of Rama for Today. Tomorrow, more from Kenneth E. Hagan with his teaching, Miracles of Healing, Volume 1. If you'd like, you can visit our online bookstore at rhema.org. Thanks for listening to Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan.